You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week we are, guess what, finishing up the grade. <laughs> surprise, surprise, everyone. Wait, that math doesn't work out. I know it really doesn't, but we decided we're going to go ahead and finish up the last three episodes in this, get to a different show next week, and then get to a different show two weeks after that. Yes. Is yeah. that what we all decided yeah, on? We decided we hated we hate ourselves. That's what we decided. <laughs> we, did. we decided we just needed to cram things in. That is definitely the case. I, I If I was still like working normal hours, I just wouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> but Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is my job now. <laughs> just, just I'm work it from it, home. I'm huh? glad it can be your job. <laughs> so, so, if you want to help support us, go to our non-existent Patreon. <laughs> You're just gonna give me crap about that every week, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'll get, I'll get to work on it. No, Maybe. this is this is now Stephen's job. Stephen can put it up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was now his job. It's going to route to my bank account. This is great. <laughs> hey, sure. If you want to file the taxes on Geek Elite, you go for it. <laughs> the fifteen dollar tier, he'll draw you like a like a toy. It's true. Thank thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Peppermint Gentleman. <laughs> Uh, but yes, we are. We're going to finish up talking about the great on Hulu. Uh, the last three episodes really kicks it into overdrive. So <laughs> yeah. can't wait to talk about that. First, we get to get to our week's watch. So Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So because we've decided we hate ourselves, mm-hmm. I needed to watch these three episodes of the great, and then I also needed to watch the entire first season of Umbrella Academy. Ooh. So I did not literally have any other time <laughs> to watch. <laughs> anything else uh because this is not my full-time job so i watched the first season of umbrella academy it now now bear in mind she's talking about how she had to binge the whole thing but she also did not want to take herself away from the episodes as, as they yeah, were going. i mean were, it was definitely a very engaging show and i'm very interested to see what happens in season two but i struggle with it in the same ways that i struggled with watchmen at the beginning of that in that I don't empath oh I empathize, but I don't like any of the characters, any of our main characters. They're all kind of terrible people. <laughs> but like is that all- not the charm for for um the seance? Is that not his whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean- but as I said, I was like, just give it some more episodes, you end up liking the characters. I assume you did. I t- 
still don't like the characters. Oh. <laughs> I still don't like any of them. They are still all awful people. They they really are. They are very just kind of everything that would be except wrong. for Pogo. Except for Pogo. Pogo, yeah. Pogo, Pogo is sweet. He's a kind Pogo is very sort of person. Yes, I did like Pogo, although you know, you, you run into some of the faults that come with his character and where he is in the story. And I don't know how much we talk about it. I talk about it or I don't talk about talk it. Talk about since. the whole thing because we're gonna talk about the second season. Yeah, so, so yeah. I mean obviously since the quote unquote father figure is a terrible human being. Or is he? Well, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, we don't know if Hargreaves was. Fair, we really fair. don't. We don't know. Um but since he is a terrible thing person person and certainly a terrible father um he obviously creates terrible children um it's called when you go through childhood trauma it does affect you in your adult life yes no it really does (laughs) it's a really good example of that it is. I mean, and it's not just the trauma, though. Like, it's it's the thrusting into the spotlight at a young age, and then getting. I mean, it's 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 being a child star, right? Like, and, it's, yeah. which is its own form of childhood trauma. Honestly. Their very names are ranking the children. Yes. Yeah. No. I always assumed that that was just the in the order that he got them. Did he actually rank them by what he thought was the best? As well, yeah, as far as I know, the, my the number first one was supposed to be the leader. I mean, yeah. yeah. And well, and even past that, the first one that we see is the one that's like the the Russian one, which, um, was, which was which would be who? Well, the first, the first person, number one would have been Luther, right? But if, if we do, were going with when they were uh, like gotten being their numbers, yeah, but we we don't know what. I mean, Luther could be Russian. He just was raised by Hargreaves. I don't think Luther's right. And named by a robot. And named so, by a robot, exactly. <laughs> One would assume the robot would go based off. Obviously, of it's not Miguel. She, we know she's that. not. She's not a robot in the original comic. She's like um like a uh, an anatomy dummy on yeah. on a dress form. Yeah, but it, uh-huh. I like the change better. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, show, a good, the show is better than the comic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I do struggle because I just I mean. They're all terrible people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like, and yes, there's a lot of it is is childhood drama and being a child star and all of those things. But then, Fonya's not terrible, is she? Yeah, I, no, she she sucks in a different way. Well, she, yeah, she, she sucks in a different. She way. She sucks because she's apathetic she to everything. You're just like checked out. But that's kind of we've come to find out that there's a reason why she's checked out, right? Well, yes. And once she goes off her meds and discovers she does have powers and then she decides to just give in to all the rage. Um and just <laughs> all the rage. permanently kill people. Um that's I mean, that's the problem I have with Fanya's character is you don't lose all of that growing up empathize like you, i don't understand how she goes from i have empathy i understand empathy like because yes i mean even though she's overall apathetic in comparison she still feels things and she still you know feels love she still feels sadness she still feels bad for other people she discovers her powers and all of a sudden all other emotions get wiped off the table. There is no other emotion in existence. Yes. I think she's giving in to the one side. 
I mean, it's a lot of that betrayal and anger and, you know, the yep. guy that she thought she loved and, you know, all that. Everybody in her life has betrayed her at some point and, at the, and it can drive people crazy, I would assume. And I get that. But somebody else also, even she makes the point to Allison, you're an adult now. Like, you have to take some responsibilities for your actions. That's true. Like, even if there are reasons for why you feel the way you feel. Yeah, that's the mannequin dummy, oh, okay. the dress dummy. Like even even if there are there are reasons that you feel the way you feel, and those certainly aren't invalid, and everybody should you know seek assistance. You are still an adult. You're still responsible for the damage you cause. Five's responsible for all the people he killed, no matter the fact that he had to grow up post apocalypse as the only human being. With just a mannequin. And I think he's a terrible person too. But how good is that young actor? Very like, good. Right? He's not only an incredible, like a really good actor. He's he's a talented musician. And he's genuinely uh, one of like the youth ambassadors for the UN. Wow. <laughs> how yeah, old is he? What? No, no. He's, he's just really cool. Uh, also, he's <laughs> going to grow up to be ridiculously handsome. We all can see it. Um, <laughs> but no, like he's already grown up and just has one of those things where he's like, doesn't age well. He's, he's like the, the brother from Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, he's like 15 or 16. Okay. I mean, he's, he's very... He's very talented. There's no doubt the acting is is very well done. The storyline is very interesting. I All of the characters are awful. <laughs> that's fair. And, and there's there's no two ways about that. You can blame it on all the other things, and that's that's fine. We can make excuses left and right. And center for everybody, for anything anybody does. Truth of the matter is, they're supposed to be terrible people. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Yeah. So going into going into the second season, are you excited to watch it? Do you not care? I mean, I'm curious where the... I'm interested in where the storyline goes. I still don't care about the people. Okay. Was, was there any kind of any kind of humanization that happened for you seeing the seance... When he got to live in that different time, came back, and he was so different. He was a war vet, you know? Yes. He it, he definitely grew the most on me. Mm-hmm. Which is weird for that actor, considering Nathan yeah. from Misfits. Robert Sheehan? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. His, his other character was a perpetual child. It's ridiculous. Uh, so... He grew on me. Diego grew on me somewhat because I definitely liked their characters the least. And now they're all kind of on the same page for me where I'm just like, Meh, you all kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> like You're all still terrible people. Some of you seem to have the capacity to grow. And so I hope to see that. But for the most part, even at the end of season one, you all still kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Tune in two weeks from now to find <laughs> out what else he thinks about these characters. Uh, okay. So uh, the Umbrella Academy is yep. on Netflix, and we'll season two comes out in two weeks. Switch roles weeks. from where we're at at the grade. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Stephen, what did you watch this week? I decided that I was going to give myself only the best of uh, televised entertainment. Oh god! <laughs> um, it just cell- celluloid gems is what I was going for this week, and I watched two movies. Um, I watched uh, the Fantastic Four from 2015. From 2015, why? Oh god! I, I was curious. Honestly, a good movie until they bring Doctor Doom in. Ew! Oh wait, you're talking like, about Fan Four Stick? Yep, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> until until they bring Doctor Doom in uh, as like the shitty Doom from this 
universe of whatever we want to call this thing. That was a that was a passable film. There was still some bad dialogue and everything, but essentially I put it like it feels like a movie between um Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and MCU. If it had come out in between those two things, everyone would have been like, "Yeah, no, that was a great comic book movie." No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I never would have said that ever. Like, right. the, the the one thing that I I um watching it knowing how bad it was, I was on the lookout for things. So when they first came out when they were going to other universe and they had their weird suit things on uh, under their helmets, they had these like big dumb things covering their face, like covering their mouth rather. Um, and it wasn't explained like a respirator or whatever. It just looked like a big piece of rubber stuck over their mouth. And I was like, why did, what, what is the, what's the reason for this? And then Dr. Doom gets fused with his suit and they cover his mouth with the dumb yep. lines. And I was like that, that's why. Yep. That's the whole reason. <laughs> that movie's trash after, like, as soon as Doctor Doom happens. But before that, I'm fine with it. I mean, that is like, like, with two thirds of the movie, like you're you, a third of the movie is before Doom. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. That movie is like a very slow metered thing until they hit Doctor Doom, and then it's just it is. It's like a cacophony of car crashes that are just like hurtling at you. <laughs> now, is did, did it remind you when Doom came back? To me, it looked like he was wearing um, that trash bag sweatsuit that uh, the Silver Linings Playbook. Um, <laughs> what was that? Bradley Cooper uh, wears the Silver Linings yeah. Playbook when he's trying to lose weight, so they can. I, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. I love Bradley but, Cooper. But forgive me, Bradley. He was basically just wearing a collection of trash bags on his body. No, I, I, he definitely looks like that. It looks like someone just melted some plastic, and they were like, "Yeah, that's the suit." It looks like it was like the pre-production thing with the green dots on it and everything. It looks like those were supposed to be motion tracking chirons that they would then apply effects over. And then, like, uh, yeah, ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, like when, when they left the blue screen in, in that Star Trek movie, oh, they were yeah. like, "Yeah, that's the background." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that looks so bad. What? They just left the like. Imagine if they left the green screen in in a movie, and they were like, "Yeah, that's what's outside yeah. the windows." For context, oh no! In, in, the, final, <laughs> in, the, in the climactic battle between uh, Captain Picard and uh, F. Murray Abrahams as some kind of like pasty skinned alien. <laughs> it's supposed to be taking place in a satellite dish, or not a satellite mm-hmm. dish, but like a satellite. Um, so it's relatively small, and it's supposed to be narrow, and like it's basically they're surrounded by windows. So you're supposed to be seeing outer space, <laughs> like outside of this building. Like it's all surrounded by glass. They're like, nah, it's all just green or blue. It was all yeah, blue screen. They, they just, they just left it like neon blue outside. Yeah, it's so, and I mean, I'm sure they probably thought, eh, it's it's a spaceship. They'll probably just think that that's what the interior is supposed to look like. It's not windows. But you look at it from the outside and you can tell that's meant to be glass panes. Like, (laughs) that are clear. (laughs) Yeah, they could have done anything. Even like basic, just like you put a JPEG and tell that (laughs) to be there and it would have been fine. But that's not, it's so, you know, I'll take it. That that, that movie's got to be a gem for that. You bring up a good point, though. This could be like a really fun experiment for people experimenting with like adding blue screen stuff. Like, uh, you could put whatever you want on there in that whole scene. 
Honestly, yeah, no, that or even Dr. Doom's face. You can motion track all those dots. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one that I watched. Does anyone want to take any guesses? It's a terrible film from beloved director teams. Like a beloved director team. I've narrowed it down pretty hard. Did you watch Speed Racer? No, close though. Very, very, very close. Jupiter like Ascending. Jupiter Ascending is what I watched. <laughs> Speed Racer, widely lauded as being great. Jupiter Ascending. Wait, no, Jupiter, wait, Jupiter Ascending. Who, you, who have you been talking to that says Speed Racer is a great movie? All of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, me. everyone loves Speed Racer. No, and Jupiter Ascending. Not. Like a few people on the internet that just like decided. Yes, it was before its time. Love Speed Racer. That's like yes. a very vocal minority. I don't think I don't know about that, man. I, anyone I talk to about this, aside from you right now, loves that movie, and they all tell me to watch it. And they tell me that whenever a new form of Blu-ray or 4K TV comes out, that's the movie they buy to test it with. Yep. Yeah, but that's that's because it's it's super colorful and a bunch of flashy bullshit. Like it has nothing, <laughs> nothing in story. Like you're gonna be sitting there, you're gonna you're you'll be blinded and going to seizure, <laughs> but it's a great look on your TV. It's just not gonna be you're not gonna be entranced by it. I feel like I, we're giving conversations between <laughs> the race. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jen. I, I I have nothing against Speed Racer. I have not seen it. Jupiter Ascending, watching it, didn't hate that one either. There's a lot to make fun of in there. But if that had been published as a book, that would have been ridiculously, yes. ridiculously successful. It it's it smacks of every single like early two thousands web comic and book that I've ever seen. If it wasn't tied to the Wachowskis and it wasn't a massive budget film, it would have been adapted into a lower budget film that would have been like all, like a bunch of people's favorite thing on Sci Fi Channel. Or it would have been adapted. Sci <laughs> Channel became Vagrant Queen, which we all did not like. <laughs> Except that. Oh, that one, that one I did not like Vagrant Queen. I like Vagrant Queen. Vagrant Queen was bad in, bad out. Jupiter Ascending was good in, bad out. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jupiter Ascending was everything I Everything I read like high in high school. It was just it's everything I read. It was the most YA thing. I was pissed when I found out it was not remember. <laughs> How old were you when Jupiter Ascending came out? I don't know. I mean, definitely older than 18. So yes, go ahead and judge me. But like, Wait, <laughs> what, really? what, what year did it come out? I don't, I, it had to be, I feel like I was in college because the friend I went to go see it with was a friend I got in college. So. We can 2015. 2015. Jupiter Ascending yeah. came out in 2015. Okay. So yeah, would have been post That doesn't seem right. Five years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen this, movie, so I have no idea. Nostalgia. It's it's like it's reading. It's like a sci-fi romance novel. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It is legit. Just the chintzy sci-fi romance novel that you read to just feel good about life and avoid it. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. I, exactly the, the way that it was. I termed it. It was. It was. Um. It was Harry Potter passed through Twilight and then put into space. Yes. <laughs> and thrown in with Divergent. Like it's bad. Yeah, it's it's YA as fuck. Like there's there's no two ways about it. But uh, it wasn't a bad movie. I however hated that um uh I forget his name. Chang Tatum's whole character thing was that he had space rollerblades. He did. Yeah. He sure his, did. And that's his whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you're gonna create him, might as well, right? So you, didn't mind. you didn't. You didn't mind the the whisper talk that. Uh, yeah, Eddie Redmayne's. Redmayne. No. 
whole. I, just, I was fine with it. I, I wasn't. I wasn't mad when Ray Fiennes did it as Voldemort either. That was. That's more breathy. This is like it's, a weird it's like. Same. It's not. The it's same. the same. <laughs> I'm not even a big Harry Potter Harry Potter fan, so I I'm not defending it because I think Harry Potter's great. I'm just saying it's not the same. When, when, I, when like he was talking when he got mad, like he'd be like, "I hate this world, <laughs> mother," and he would say something, and then when he got mad, he would go and yell about it, and it was just like that's that's Voldemort in the movies. That's literally Voldemort. <laughs> like the. Uh... The uh, what was it? The owl from Tootsie Roll. Like oh, I've never made it without biting. <laughs> is it how many licks? A oh, one. One. Two. <laughs> but, so that's what I did with my week. If anyone else has any bad movie suggestions, I guess I'm here for it. Yeah, I guess you really are. So <laughs> listen to you watch that. Uh, so I watched uh, Jupiter Ascending on Netflix, and the first one that I said was uh, Fantastic Four. Thank you. I watched that one, I believe, on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be on Disney Plus now. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to watch a good Wachowski film, go ahead and watch Cloud Atlas. It's really good. Cloud Thank Atlas is great. Yeah. Or go watch Sense8. That's a good first season. I never watched past the first I, season. I couldn't get into it, man. And they had actors that I loved. Oh, really? that, that was also another thing that I liked about Jupiter Ascending. They had a bunch of actors from uh, Cloud Atlas in this. I think... Yeah. Ejima Freeman was the only person I knew in Sense8. Like, I didn't know about any um, of those other actors. They had, they had the guy. Which, which person is that that you're talking about? Uh, I'm talking about um, what was her name <laughs> in, in Doctor Who? You would know. It's, oh, uh, I never Doctor, watched Sense8, so I don't know. The Doctor, uh, the, the after Rose. Oh, Jane? Not nope. Jane. Um, Martha? Martha. Martha Jones. Martha. <laughs> Yeah, Martha. <laughs> but no, um, but like for this, um, the people that I knew from it, um, the guy who's like he's got like the shaved head. Um, he was in Stargate Universe, and I really liked that series oh, that yeah. season. Stargate. Um, and then they also had the guy, the lady who was from Cloud Atlas. Um, she was like one of like the serving people. She was. Yeah. Yeah, she was in there, and then a few other people that were all really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not in Sensei. He was in Jupiter oh. Ascending. Yeah. yeah, in in a that was a that was not a great character. Hey, but he didn't die. <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, that's is how that, you can tell the quality of a movie. It is. <laughs> if Bean doesn't die, it's obviously a bad movie. <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you for joining me in in enjoying that movie, Jess. It deserves yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jess. What did you watch this week? Well, last week, Mom and I finished. Uh, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Wow. It was all very good. Few are very emotional, so be wary. Few are very happy. Series, right? Huh? Is it what? a docu-series? No, it um it takes a Dolly Parton song and Dolly Parton hosts it and it does the like a short film about that is about that song in a in a oh, way. Like- there you go. It's an anthology. It- Dolly so it's it's not it's not necessarily like it's inspired by the song, not like about the cre- the inception of the song. Right. Well, it, it's a story inspired by the song. It, yeah, directly by the song. And then okay. also about things that happen in Dolly's life, too. I mean, Dolly's in full control of everything. So it's. I mean, she is. It's not like, like somebody interpreting it for her. So and she kind of explains things. It's just it's a very fun, great show to watch with the family. Really liked it. 
Um, but then this week we decided to watch something else that was on her list. And I did not warn her about it at all because I thought it'd be funny. So we oh, started gosh. to watch Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> she had no idea what it was actually about. She just knew it was set in old Hollywood. Oh, this is the Netflix series? So, yeah, yeah, the Netflix series okay. Hollywood. So in case you guys don't know, um, it's been out for a while, but Hollywood is about um, basically a brothel in Hollywood. Basically, not quite a brothel, but like it's prostitution in old Hollywood. Male prostitution in old Hollywood. So it was fun watching <laughs> that first once she clicked over what it was actually about. But You're she actually, to your oh mother. no, <laughs> she, we actually really enjoyed it though. And she does want to continue watching it because the acting in it is really good. It's a, uh, it's a Ryan Murphy production. Yeah, he's the, the show creator. Yeah, Ryan Murphy is the show creator, and it's I can't remember who's in it. There's just a lot of. Aaron really... Chris is one of the main stars. I know that. Yeah, he's not in the first episode though. I've only watched the first episode, or if he is, I did not catch him. But um, oh, okay. uh, yeah, just, it's a it's a lot of cute guys. Just a lot of cute guys, <laughs> <laughs> as it should be. But um, I just I really like. I don't know Ryan Murphy. I seem to like a lot of his writing style for some reason and shows. So it's just a easy watching he, subject matter is a little weird to watch with your mother. He creates a lot of shows that are <laughs> kind of all over the place. Like there's usually a lot, there's like some type of thing that connects them all, but like American horror story to American crime story to uh scream Queens. Uh, I think he was the one who created Glee is also. Yeah. And then Hollywood and uh, the new normal. That was a great sitcom. I wish it would have stayed around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's all he. I mean, it's like a genre buster kind of. He just yeah yeah very everywhere. Much. He also did what was it? Nip Tuck wasn't that his first big one? Nip Tuck. I don't know if that was his or not. Last I mean, it makes sense. Which I think that was another one my mom really liked to watch. So yeah, makes sense. But yeah, no, I watched the first episode. Uh, I, I assume you plan on going back and watch finishing it off. Yeah, so it's just I also have so much else to watch for our thing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like thirty minutes of content max. Yeah, I still need to do the la- the second half of Umbrella Academy season. So oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry if we ruined some stuff for you. Oh no, it's okay. I actually already ruined it for myself. That's why I stopped watching it the first time because I was so confused over why she didn't have power. So I was like, bullshit, and Googled it. <laughs> I was like, bullshit, she doesn't have powers. And I Googled it and then I found out what happens. And I was like, oh, idiot. <laughs> why would you do that? It's so clear that's a story thing. I know. I was, Some people I was like to just read the last because, page because Jessica know. has to know. <laughs> I have to know if I'm right, and sometimes I ruin things. I did the same thing when I realized that you know Marvel is going to be a cinematic universe. I read so much Marvel Wiki. It's not. Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic so Universe doesn't really follow a lot of what happens yeah. in the Oh yeah, no, I know, but I was still like never reading a comic, and then I would be the one friend in the group being like, "Oh, well, this could reference to this and this and this." Never read a comic in my life. (laughs) You see, in Earth two (laughs) forty (laughs) six. But so, since you're in the midst of Umbrella Academy, I assume you have a different take on the characters than I did. No, I don't like them, but I do think they're (laughs) really. 
I do think they're a really good representation of what it's like to grow up in the setting. Like, I don't like them, but I wouldn't like it if they were normal. Like, Fair. I like because of what it is, I, I do wish there were more shows, though, that were about childhood trauma in which you could grow out of your childhood trauma. You know, like, Steven Universe Future is a good yeah. representation of that, of how to get out of childhood trauma and how you're not just doomed. It seems like a lot of the stuff we watch lately is a lot of, yeah, childhood trauma, it makes you a bad person. And I kind of don't want to say that because there is a lot of hope when you go through and you can, if you yeah. get the help you need. But like, and maybe yeah, it's just reality for those characters is that they would be like that because they haven't had any help with their trauma or any sign of hope in their life. So. Well, Stephen, there's only three trades of uh, Umbrella Academy, right? Yeah, and the the third is very recent, even. Um, so they they pushed a lot into the second one in that first season. I, all all over, they're just doing a comprehensively better job of delivering that story than those comics are. Mm-hmm. I don't even recommend going and reading the comics to flesh out your knowledge of the characters more. The book, the show's better. Fair enough. And maybe we'll see the growth we're looking for, Jessica, in season two. I'm hoping. <laughs> Good luck. Both of those shows, <laughs> both of those shows, Jessica, were on Netflix, right? Hollywood yes. and Holly, Dolly Parton. Yes, and there's going to be a second season. Dolly Parton's show has been out, I think, for a year now, and there will be a second season of it. So you'll get more Dolly Parton songs. There you go, John. What did you watch this week? Well, I watched, <laughs> okay. um, I watched Guns Akimbo, which I've been wanting to check out for some time now. Oh, I saw that. And uh, it was okay. I just kind of <laughs> thought of it like, oh, like if John Wick and Scott Pilgrim had a bastard child, this would kind of be it. What? It was, uh, what? well, because it has a very slick, very uh, colorful palette for mm. some of its sequences. Oh, I would and, throw in a little bit of crank in there, too. Yeah. Uh, the unwitting hero that didn't want to be thrust in the situation. Um, there's a little bit of manic pixie dream girl going on. Oh, yeah. And uh, some, some comic book stuff. But um, it was just okay. I didn't hate it. I was just like, yeah, this was a all right waste of an hour and a half. Um, but I decided to try something, and uh, we talked about last time maybe live tweeting watching while watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I heard it from on this very podcast or somewhere else. But there was this movie with Aubrey Plaza because I've been on an Aubrey Plaza kick lately. We remember, yeah. <laughs> Yes, to watch uh, An Evening with Beverly Lynn. And on paper, this sounded interesting. Uh, it had a lot of really good actors. I love Emile Hirsch, going back to Speed Racer. Oh, um, God, he's such a bad actor. I, I agree. The, the best thing he did um, were Into the Wild and um, the first oh, one. The Z, what's the, the skateboarding one? Oh, Lord Dog the Lord, or... Lords, Lords of Dogtown. Dog yeah, Lords of Dogtown and Into the Wild. Ever since then, like, I'm done. I don't need this man. And, um, yeah, it had Jermaine Clement, Craig Robinson, Maria Bamford. I mean, it had some pretty good actors in it. Maria Bamford and, is uh, great. Yeah, she is. And uh, I love how in the Netflix season of uh, of Arrested Development, she plays the actress that plays Sue Storm in the 1990 uh, Fantastic Four movie. Which is totally not true, but I didn't know <laughs> development got into that. Yeah, they, they they totally have a subplot of 
the original 1990 Fantastic Four movie, and Maria Bamford is the actress that played that to a Storm. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's dude, it's a confusing season, but it's really well written. I highly recommend it if you like Arrested Development and for some reason haven't seen the net, the uh, Netflix version. Um, that being said, I hated this movie so much. <laughs> The, there was one thing you said in particular about this movie in the text. Do you remember what you said about it? His tweets. Uh, I, no, like in in the, in the his message. I I didn't see his tweets about it. Oh okay. Oh, you well, you just said my my live tweeting session. But I'm I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the one thing you said about it, you were like, I think I'm I might be done with my Aubrey Plaza phase. Yeah, you're <laughs> with your Aubrey Plaza phase. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is like, uh, I don't know, like you're on a date with someone and it's been going pretty well. Like, you know, maybe it's your third date. And then um, she just lets loose something like she collects Nazi memorabilia or something. Wait, what? (laughs) Just kind of like nonchalant, like deal breaker. Um, That seems like a really. So wait, did you. Extreme. (laughs) This movie. (laughs) Did you? This did movie you, was bad. Did okay. you watch Ingrid Goes West? Huh? Did you watch Ingrid Goes West? I have not. I thought that was the movie you guys had mentioned, or this one. I mean, because I couldn't remember. I just remember like, oh, they said there was an Audrey Plaza movie that's bad, and I was like, well, let's check this one out, see what this one is. And if I'm like, being honest, I think the majority of her movies are pretty bad. I don't know. I like a couple of them. I like I, it. I when like her. Star. What was that? I like it when she's not the star, like the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I agree with that one. I think she's definitely better in that Mike and whoever need wedding dates. And I Mike like and Dave need wedding dates, yeah. Yeah, that small part she has in Scott Pilgrim I thought was perfect because she's not mm-hmm. overused. She's and funny. I like her in... character in Parks and Rec. But yeah. Even, even her in like uh, in Legend of Korra, I was like, I, I don't like this. Oh, who's she the voice of in Legend of Korra? There's two twins. They're um, like uh, water tribe people. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, interesting. And I didn't know that. I've never watched Legend of Korra. It's a good series. Okay. Um, that's what yeah, I that, that's, that, so, that's what I'll trade you, Mitch. Nope. You, you won't even do the thing that I asked you to do. Ghostbusters bad. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I was just asking about the Ingrid Goes West because I've seen that one. I haven't seen the Beverly Lynn one that you were talking about, and I wanted to know which one was worse. Well, I'm going to have to watch Angry Ghost West then just to kind of compare. But, I mean, this movie's going to have some stiff competition, let me tell you. Because this movie <laughs> is just, wow. See, the thing is, it's not an entirely bad movie from a production standpoint. It's actually really well shot. I live tweeted. As I was going through, I was also kind of going through IMDb to keep myself entertained because this movie was just <laughs> awful. And I was like, holy shit, like, no wonder this movie actually looks competently photographed. It's by the same guy that did the cinematography for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, wow. Mm. Especially at the end, there's some really good, like, contrasting purple and red lighting uh, that I'm like, this is so awesome. But the thing that that lighting is being used for is just so perplexing. It's like, (laughs) why is this happening? The the way that um, a friend of mine was talking to me about it. Um, while I was like doing like streaming drawing and everything, uh, and the way that he talked about it, Emil Hirsch's character, like the way that I guess he acts, it sounded like Peter in the Great. Oh wow! See, and I commented on my live tweets that he looked like he was trying to do a Jack Black impression. 
Oh. oh. Everything from like his facial expressions to his hair. He didn't have any of the manicness that Jack Black does, but you watch it, it just looks like he's trying to be Jack Black somehow. And like Cause... this is it's a crime story combined with a scorn wife subplot. It takes place sometime in the late 70s, early 80s, and the look of the movie is impeccable. I like everything about how the movie looks. I hate the way every actor is choosing to portray their character. Every character has something wrong with their hair. <laughs> like they're, they're all playing Robert Pattinson? They're, <laughs> they're all just, they have like, like you'll have like a, a hotel uh, manager and he's got just like, you know, gray hair and like one part curled up. He looks like a, a who from Dr. Seuss. Hmm. And like everything just has like this smoky kind of brownish tan. It has the look of like the 19th or early 80s. It definitely has that look down. You know, there, there's smoke everywhere. There's people always smoking and using ashtrays. And Craig Robinson, who plays the character Beverly Lynn or Luff Lynn, the shit he does in this movie is just confusing as balls. He doesn't speak for most of the movie. <laughs> he communicates in grunts. He's some kind of like auteur, like performer. <laughs> the The whole point is that he's gonna do a one a one night only like show at this hotel. And I don't even know if I want to ruin exactly what he does. I mean, I kind of like tweeted about it a little bit, but. I, I like it's the true. idea that he still got paid. He got paid his dues for each of those days. Those are still lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. But he didn't just get scale. Like he, he's getting dividends off a movie where he grunts. I just want to say like the, the choices that the characters make in this movie, uh, both story-wise and in performance are just baffling to me. Like this is like a less competently directed version of Napoleon Dynamite or Gentleman Broncos. Oh God! I, I love gentlemen. I love gentlemen Broncos. What? I I basically live tweeted towards the end. I said this movie feels like it's something I could have directed, and I don't mean to say I could have done it better. This is so bad. <laughs> it's like I was at the director chair and told the people to do this. I I've never been able to make it through Napoleon Dynamite. Gentlemen Broncos, however, as a person who reads like '80s sci-fi and everything, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's charm. I mean, most movies have their charm. Like, those movies are not for everyone, but they have certain things that you know can resonate with people. This movie, I cannot imagine anybody be like, "Oh yeah, I saw that at a pivotal point in my life, and it really turned things around for me, and I saw things differently." No, I, I, this is like just garbage filler. And I'm normally not this vitriolic about like movies. Usually, I'm like, "Well, there's some merit to them." I mean, but this is just holy crap. If it wasn't for the live tweeting thing, I'd be really hating myself right now. <laughs> I made something fun out of it. I want my hour and a half back. <laughs> for real. It's like, it's just, ah, oh, the, the, I almost, it's almost, I don't recommend it as a so bad it's good. But if you just want to really see some really, like, what the fuck were they thinking doing this kind of, like, experience, this would be something like that. Because it's not really entertaining. It's just kind of baffling to watch. I, this is a good candidate for if you guys are really bored at home 
and you have someone over, you don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to play a game of you rage, you lose. You put it on, and whoever's like, I can't fucking do this anymore. They've lost. Or a, it could be good for a drinking game, too. Like, every time you go, like, what the fuck is this going? Like, what's this? Drink? Then take a shot. And then by <laughs> the end, one of you will probably have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where can people watch that movie, or, uh, John? Sorry. If you feel the need to watch this, it is on Netflix. Um, but like I said, this was this would only be as some kind of experiment, or you just really hate yourself. This is not a fun watch. Did you Did you have anything else? Any other things you wanted to talk about? Uh, that's pretty much it. I think uh, I'm gonna give that Ingrid Ghost West a shot just so I can <laughs> compare these two, and I might like tweet that also. You could put a nail in that Aubrey Plaza coffin. Yeah, once and for all. Like I'm done with you. Like I'm not. I'm burning all my uh, letters that I got from her <laughs> in film form. You mean the uh, <laughs> letters from her lawyer telling her telling you to stop <laughs> writing her? Those, those are called cease and desists. Yeah. <laughs> restraining order. <laughs> hey, if I burn the restraining order, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Well, yeah. yeah. If, not if, how if that works. Put <laughs> your autograph on it, right? Nope. Yeah. No. Yep. Won't. <laughs> Pre- President said, "If we test more, we create cases." That logic applies here. That's yes. from on high. There you go. <laughs> All right. For my week's watch, I watched. Uh, I had three movies. Um, anybody got a chance to watch Palm Springs on Hulu? Brand new movie came out last week. Is it as good oh. as people say? It is great. I think Ooh. it is hilarious. It is funny. If you like. Um, Groundhog Day, you'll you you probably will like. I mean, okay, I, I won't say that. There's definitely two different types of comedy, but it's the same premise: the idea of you repeat the same day over and over. Uh, it's got it stars Andy Samberg and uh, Christina Milati. I want to say she she is the the person the, who gets brought into the USS Callister last. Correct, Black Mirror and. I wasn't going to say the spoiler, Mitch. That is like a 10-year-old show now. I wasn't going to say it. It's okay. You could say she was Leonardo DiCaprio's first wife in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That's correct also. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so it's Kristen Milati. Anyways, uh, very good show. Very funny movie. Um, I love the idea. Of, in, in the first part of the movie is a something that I really thought was interesting. Like if you were in one of these uh, movies or usually the movie has it as the, the protagonist is the person that is the life is, is like repeating over and over. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get to see the first time that their life repeats over and, or their day repeats over. So then that you go through that whole discovery. Well, Andy Samberg is the one that's been stuck in this day over and over. And Christina Milati is the one that shows up and is like, what do you mean you're stuck in the same day? So it's like, what does the person on the outside make of the whole thing? And I thought that was very clever. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting way to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I'm not spoiling anything because it, it's in the trailer. She ends up also having her day repeat over and over. So she gets sucked into it. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I thought it was just a really good movie. Really funny and uh, great writing. And J.K. Simmons, he's, in the movie, he's pretty. He's pretty hilarious, also. So <laughs> Simmons never disappoints. I I can't think of a single time. I can't either. I I need to go back and watch Oz though. Like everybody says that he does a really good job as a neo Nazi in prison um, in that movie or in that show. So 
he does a really good job at playing a really awful character. Yeah, it's true. I don't think he usually plays a good person. <laughs> like even like even when he's just being Jonah Jameson when uh, in Portal, like. <laughs> no, he did. He was okay. Drummer guy. Uh, Flash is a bit. He's, he's, he was he's, okay in "I Love You, Man." I want to say. I don't know. I don't remember her in, him in "I Love You, Man." Yeah, he was it's been too long for me in that movie. Okay. He was what? He wasn't he Paul Rudd's dad? Yeah, it's, it's been too long. You're, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but he he also doesn't. He's like he he likes Andy Samberg better. Like <laughs> like your oh, best yeah. brother is my best good. friend. So, uh. There, so there's that movie. Um, uh, if you, anybody gets a chance to check it out, I, I suggest you do. Uh, I also watched The Best of Enemies, which stars uh, Sam Rockwell and Tajiri P. Henson. Uh, movie set in uh, 1971. It's based on a true story about the uh, Durham, North Carolina integration of uh, black and white schools and Sam Rockwell oh. plays the, the head of the, cl- the local clan there. And Jesus. he and Tajiri P. Henson have to be on this council about integra- integrating the schools. And it's a, uh, it's a very interesting movie. Like they both do a really good job. What's that? That would be such, that's such heavy material to deal with. It is. It really is. And uh, I mean, it's and I think this is probably the one movie that you'll watch with Sam Rockwell in it, and he doesn't break into a dance at one point. So uh, he he does also do that in Gentleman Broncos. I know he does. That's what he loves to do. And it, I wait for that in every Samuel Rock, Sam Rockwell movie, and it doesn't happen in this one. It's kind did of you watch Mister Wright? I did. I like okay. Mister. Okay, even yeah, it's a good movie. Written by a terrible person. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> we're, we're, it was before we knew. It's true. It's true. Uh, but I remember this coming out, or at least the trailers for it when it was coming out, and it, uh, it I don't remember it getting too much press, so uh, I had to go look for it. It's on Showtime if you want to watch it. Oh, and yeah, the other one was on Hulu. Last thing I wanted to talk about was Troop Zero. So if you saw this, this is on Amazon. It's a it's an original movie. It, it stars uh, Jim Gaffigan, um, what, Vi- Viola Davis, and McKenna Grace, and you might not recognize McKenna Grace's vo- uh, name, but you know her, her face because she's pretty much a go-to young actress right now, and she's going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie yeah. when that ever comes out. Uh, so she uh, she plays a young girl that is very fa- very much fascinated with uh, space and everything to do with outer space. And what did uh, Jim Gaffigan do in this movie? He plays her father, and he's a lawyer. Okay. And he is a—he's not a good lawyer, but he's also a very affordable lawyer for the people in his mobile home park. Is it that—that's—that's that's the Venn diagram: fast, cheap, good. You can't have—you can't have more than two. There, there you go. Uh, so, but he—he is—he's—he's he's pretty good in the movie. But the—it is really stolen by McKenna Grace and uh, the other young actress that is plays McKenna Grace's friend in the movie uh milan ray and her character's name is hell no (laughs) (laughs) because it's just cruel well it's because it's the only thing that she says like she says it most of the time like because when people piss her off she says oh hell no and just like starts (laughs) wailing on them so it happens a lot because the other girls that of the other uh birdie scout troop are pretty stuck up and 
does she like have a name? Like she's like Stacy. Everyone refers to her as it's not her given name. It's not okay. her. It's not her birth name. She does have a good. She does have a regular name, but okay. they don't, I don't think they ever refer to it. Because otherwise, she's a Pokemon at that point. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> like, uh, I will have to say that the end of the movie brought me to tears. So that is uh, something that, and you know, I've I've come to That's notice. Impressive. I've come to notice that in I my older age, it's not like someone passing away or romantic uh, get-together or anything like that that makes me tear up. It is friendship. It's like a friendship bond that is made in the movie, and it makes me tear up. So that's that's something about me, apparently. That and dogs. That's the only other thing. To be fair, if you don't cry when anything is involving dogs, are you really even human? (laughs) I have never watched another movie with dogs in it because, listen, what happened with Shadow... Towards the end of the of Homeward Bound, oh. too hard for me. No, I didn't have to remind me. <laughs> he survived, huh? Oh yeah, no, he survives. Okay, it hurt me, man. But it's hard. God, <laughs> like, you can't undo that. You say you like he's fine, but he had a hard time. He was stuck in that pit with the mud. And Michael J. Fox, he was screaming for him. Shadow, <laughs> shadow. Yeah, it, I hurt. It was bad. I thought he was gonna die as a kid. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, he's old. He's going to die right now. I know. <laughs> uh, the other interesting thing about uh, Troop Zero, if you if if you get to watch it, it is directed by Bert and Bertie, uh, directing group, uh, duo that directed a lot of the episodes of The Great that we talked about. Mm. So oh. there you go. We cool. can now, is, I assume no one's segue series that we, we watched. We can go ahead and segue right into The Great. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So we actually have three episodes to talk about. And with everybody's reactions in the group chat about the upset at the end, (laughs) there should be no lack of conversation. (laughs) What is the upset for you guys? I am completely at a loss about what people hated about the ending. of. I don't think it's so much. You guys are the ones. I hate the ending. I just wanted more. Tables. So. That's an anger gift. So I'm going to start with the person who started the flipping table. So, John, what was it that made you feel like you needed to flip a table? Okay. But first, before you say that, the three episodes we watched were oh, Meatballs sorry. at the DACA, Love Hurts, and The Beaver's Nose. Go so ahead, John. So, it's 8, 9, and 10. Okay. So, um, after we recorded the last podcast, I immediately went and watched episode 8. And I was like, this is great. Like, this is such a good episode. I even tweeted our message yeah. to the group chat yeah. right away. Yeah. Like, holy crap, this is like, we're really making some traction here. Some new, very uh, profound characters were introduced. It also um, felt different. Did it have a different director? Definitely. The, the last episode, um, I, I haven't looked into this, but um, 8, 9, and 10 had very different camera shots, a lot of closer camera shots, yeah. um, a, lot, a lot of things where it was just the foreground of someone's face mm-hmm. in, in focus. Everything else is blown out. Very different. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Well, that could have been. Uh, so 9 and 10 were directed by Gita Patel, and 8 was Colin Buxy. Okay. So... Uh, I thought that episode was just extremely well handled. I loved everything about it. Um, the them meeting the the Swedish king and queen, I thought was great. Their their characters were great. Their interactions 
the uh, the whole conflict of you know negotiations basically getting ruined because of their childishness and yeah. Catherine essentially stepping in and kind of single-handedly solving it for everyone mm-hmm. and Peter even acknowledging it was like wow like we're that was leaps it was here. a big change yeah. yeah and I was like this is awesome and then episode 9 just ups it so much more um, culminating with the realization at the end that that crazy uh, like pregnancy test thing actually worked <laughs> and I was like oh yeah. shit it seems like it might be circumstantial yeah. I mean and that's not even counting all the other stuff that was happening building up to it because then you also have the scenes where it, it starts to kind of seem to even Peter maybe that like the walls might start to close in soon like you even see several shards of uh, Grigori kind of or Grigor kind of like starting Maybe. to yeah. become a little bit detached, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't even know if we mentioned it or if it just hadn't happened yet, but the fact that Grigor shot Peter's bird and With his weird, like, he has like mental snap. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think like, that was just, Yeah, and he's just ready to go. Like, you could tell he's on the verge of like, just completely like un- becoming unhinged and um when uh, we also have a in that same scene uh our, when <laughs> when peter mentions having sex with her katie's wife and he just kind of laughs it off and gives a very very like not even a veiled threat just like ha ha like you do that i'll cut your heart out ha ha <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's that's odd you know like that's a weird sense of humor but okay you know he just dismisses it the way peter does I'm like, holy shit, dude, like people are not taking his crap like as much or as openly. And so episode 10 with them realizing like, we need to do this now. It's my birthday. No, thank you. Um, (laughs) It's uh, just, it's all such an incredible buildup. These last three episodes were so good. This was an incredible crescendo. And that non-ending. The cliffhanger. (laughs) It's Yes. It's like. My gosh. But I do feel like it might lend some credence to my theory about who's going to dispatch Peter in the end because Elizabeth was like, yeah, I'm going to leave because I know what they're going to do and I kind of don't want to stand in the way. But I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Like she wants to just kind of give like her silent consent to it. But then at the end, she was like, no, I can't leave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and there's just so much that's left open. We ultimately don't know what happens with Leo which I know what's going to happen to him, but just knowing that it hasn't happened yet is just so frustrating. And like, what exactly is going to be the outcome? And fucking Mariel's betrayal? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, you're so easy. Like, why would you do that? You've come this far. And also just like the, I like how, you know, as well planned as they thought they had everything, everything just kind of falls apart. <laughs> you know, Orlo can't really finish the deed. Catherine can't really like overpower Peter. Like it was kind of laughably bad how much like she couldn't even do it. Um, it's weird. I, I didn't think that Peter would be any kind of like actually physically capable, but he like handily was like, bop, nope, bop, nope on all of her attempts when he seemed like kind of like he, he seemed pretty lackluster in the physical 
Character. Yeah, but he, he doesn't seem like he was the best at fighting. Maybe he just never really needed to express it, though. Like, here, like <clears throat> I think they made a comment that he really is actually kind of formidable. He, he just said that he was strong and young, strong and fast. Yeah, and, and I think even with, even though anybody that he'd ever wrestle with growing up, like, they're going to let him win, but he's still going to mm-hmm. learn something. She has literally never done anything physical like that before. Well, That's true. And- at least historically his father would have had him train with people that could beat him true because as as emperor you need to learn to be the best and there can't be a question about it Mm -hmm. so there was probably some of that uh while he was a child but you know so jessica do you have different reasons for flipping the table uh or just not really um just yeah, it was just the ending. There's so many. It's just, I have to wait a year. <laughs> just, that's, that's I, if you think it's like, just a year, to, strap yeah, in. I know, or you know, I just have to wait. Um, I would like to note though, I googled it. The wheat test actually is accurate seventy to eighty five percent of the time. Yep. So it actually does work. It's been proven with modern science. You guys ever wonder how humans discover things? Like the first time <laughs> we smoked it, something, and we were like, it, you know, we're gonna try smoking something else. Well, that usually came from animals. We would pay attention to what animals were eating, and we would eat that. Like, um, I think it's in the mountains. Animals would chew on um, the cocoa leaves or whatever, which eventually became cocaine. So, yeah, but, but they but got it because, like, yeah. tobacco. We were like, mm, but what if we didn't chew it like they did? What if we like burned it and then breathed in the smoke? That would be sick. I imagine it's a lot of people like Leo who just have a little too much time on their hands and no real need to do anything else yeah. in life. It's fair. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not like we discovered it wasn't poisoned by smoking it. So yeah. <laughs> that, that is well, I would imagine that maybe at some point a tobacco bush was on fire and somebody was just smelling the smoke because they were near it. <laughs> like, hey, that's actually not bad. Maybe I should take like, something to go with me. And just- like a couple, a couple of days later, like you know, I really miss when I was breathing that smoke from that tobacco fire. Yeah, yeah. and you don't want to burn a whole bush. Just take a little bit, roll it up, and. <laughs> and, and I would say generally, it's just whatever the easiest way and quickest way it is to get the results from you want that you want. Because at least that's how it is with opium. Like it mm-hmm. sort of, like just grew stronger and stronger and then eventually it grew so strong because they thought that would be better because it's pure and then that ended up how you created heroin in order to help morphine addictions but <laughs> anyway i took psychopharmacology <laughs> in college <laughs> i wonder what are some of the things we haven't realized we can smoke yet let's <laughs> okay. a whole just, other podcast that's so just you I, man I, I, Gatorade's going to fuck you up when you smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) Steven, overall, any thoughts, opinions about these last three episodes before we get into the weeds? I loved it. They were the best. This is if Game of Thrones, people looking at the idiot characters in Game of Thrones were like, wait, that guy's an idiot. I liked that. That was wonderful. Mitch, your overall thoughts? Uh, I would say that these three episodes were probably more entertaining for me than previous parts of the season. Um, no dogs thrown off the building and you like it. <laughs> look at that. It's strange enough. Um, I also thought that like the turnaround that they're doing on Peter's character so that, you know, she still, she has a little bit of guilt, I guess, in, in having to try and kill him. 
um, is interesting. It, it definitely plays more into her final uh, a, attempt at, you know, getting to him to abdicate. But I don't know if I agree with the character. Now, I don't want to say turn, but like build up on Peter. Just because I I didn't like him so much at the very beginning. That's fair. I mean, they did it over a period of time. The, I know. the one thing I almost feel like the character turn was just to make it more interesting when they had their little showdown. Which you know the whole like still a better love story than Twilight kind of right. meme. We should just have like still the better into a relationship than Game of Thrones because <laughs> this is that and yeah. it's immensely more interesting. They played chess in their in their discussion, not not. No, they play checkers in their discussion. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> chess may come in season two. Not going to lie. Chess may come mm-hmm. in season two as we battle it out for control of the palace. But so I guess let's turn first to episode eight. So this is the one where Catherine really shows what she's been learning and all of the effort she's put into becoming a statesman. Uh, So Peter's initial thought was to cut off the head of the Swedish ambassador and fill it with meatballs. Mm -hmm. I love it. A fantastic shape. (laughs) Catherine Catherine very wisely talks him out of it and talks, you know, into, hey, maybe some peace talks aren't a bad idea. Like, you've got them on the ropes. Which him trying to get them to not do the thing was quite hilarious. <laughs> yes, let me Just make like doing the neck as a stop. For no, when you're, they're like, no. Now, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. And then we get her travel with him and to meet the Swedish king and queen. Was anybody else struck? Do you think the Swedish queen's discussions with her about what the printing press has brought on for Sweden will have any impact on Catherine's decisions should she take control in season two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's going to be against her initial idea of education for everybody and freedom of the press and... Yeah. I, she, no, she, she will of. make it so... She gets to decide what goes out. Yes, that's she, what I she's, she will be in control of it. Mm-hmm. She's she's like like the people know what's best for Russia. I am the people. I know what's best for Russia. Yeah, I mean that's like, basically the strategy she uses to solve the issue at the end of, end of episode eight. Anyway, it's the same thing. It, what's the the lie? Tonight? The first lie wins. That's, the first lie wins. That's what the yeah. Swedish says. Yes. So that's and that's what she does at the end to save that to end the world war is to lie using the press. So. Is she going to have any issues with that with Orlo? Perhaps assuming Orlo lives, because we'll get to that in the end. But Archie mm-hmm. beats him pretty badly. Um, if Orlo survives, because Orlo's very in fi- much in favor of these ideals, that's how she won him over. I think Orlo. I think he'll be fine with the idea of it maybe going to a little bit more scholarly people. What we saw get passed around was like cartoons of donkeys and bears and 
horse sex. <laughs> it's not okay. exactly Voltaire. That was Voltaire. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, any other... I mean, because... So, episode eight is where she gets Velamentov. Was anybody else a little concerned that he was just going to be like, nah, I'm going to go tell Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Only slightly, but I was like, no, that can't happen. It's too early. No, that can't happen. <laughs> I thought he was going to get there, and then when he called him... Like when he called him fat again, he was going to be like, you know what? Never mind. And then go back. But then he, he just came for alcohol. I think, I think, he, I think he was going to go ask for alcohol. And yeah. he like do no. the whole thing no matter well, what. Yeah, I do. I think he did it intentionally. I think he did it to show her that right. she could have made a huge mistake. I think it That's was fair. him showing her like, hey, now, like, how he, scared are you right now? Was he just showing her or was he testing her? Both. Both, yeah. Like I, I feel like it's a bit of both. Like <laughs> I feel like he was starting to show that he has his reasons for not wanting for being how he is, but he also is still that smart general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did That's anybody else? So the line that struck me, and I don't know if it struck anybody else, was when he looked at her and said, "No, the deal you just struck is what made all those deaths pointless." Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that hit me more was later on, I guess in later in episode 10. Okay. Um, like that line was a poignant one for this episode, but then it it got changed later on. Um, when he was talking to her about like, this is the time when you need to do this. Otherwise it will never get to happen again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he, he is always the tactician as drunk as he is. Um, I think my favorite line was the only way I can be sober is if you drain all of the blood from me and replace it. Um, Yeah. yeah. But okay, so that any other thoughts on episode eight? Uh, I mean, seeing the two frat boys get together was yeah. just excruciating. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the actor that plays the Swedish King? Why did he seem so familiar? I have no idea. Uh, he, he seemed like he was from. Huh? He reminded me of the actor that plays King George in Hamilton. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, what, what's his name? I Egerton? No. No. The guy no, no, no. George? I knew that was wrong. Yeah. King George is Jonathan Groff. He's in Mindhunter. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't know that it was him in Mindhunter. I'm just like, yeah, it's Kristoff. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy who plays King Hugo is Freddie Fox, and it looks like he's in a bunch of episodes of The Crown. Uh, he is in Year of the Rabbit, whatever that is, Watership Down. Ideal husband. I, I mean, I Victor Frankenstein, King Arthur I, Legend of the Sword. I don't. I watched I don't, King Arthur. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Then he played Rubio. Nope. I got it. Yeah, then. He was in. A, he was in a movie called Something with Rabbit, and then also uh, Watership Down. Yes. He, he was in a theme. show called uh-huh. or, having to do with the uh, Year of the Rabbit. Yeah. And then that, yeah, that, he was also in the TV show of Watership Down that was on BBC. He was Captain Holly. Did you get the impression that even though Peter had never done this before, the generals and Orlo were used to this kind of experience with the frat boys, and then they're fighting over the treaty table? Oh, I mean, I, they, they both they both generals know that both of them are petulant childs, <laughs> like man. Yeah. But I mean, obviously Hugo was a little bit more progressive; like he's willing to give his his 
people things and then also like figured out like St. Petersburg is the thing that they would want and, and tried to get that back. But it's, yeah, they, they both, they, they just know that the, these ki- these Kings are not good. They're just, but I mean, I, I almost got the impression like they'd done this before with both of their fathers too. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> like yeah. a strong, there's a strong chance of that. Yeah. But that's just, what I got from it. <laughs> they, paint, they paint Peter the great to be, very great. I mean, obviously, we're getting secondhand accounts from people that loved him or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I was gonna say, and everything looks better post post posthumously. True. Yeah, but um, the one thing I liked was their whole like like mirror fight kind of situation. Like it was the Spider Man gif, the Spider Man meme uh, oh. with the two groups. Like like they were just like they they went to the show the other general guy, and it was just like it was just him, but slightly different. A yeah. scorpion and sub zero. Yeah. <laughs> Just different skins. <laughs> I did quite enjoy the little chat the generals had mm. like the night before. That simple little just two generals who've been through so much and are technically enemies, but they understand each other so well and nobody else will understand them as well as mm-hmm. each other. But that was a great scene. Depicted in a movie or a TV show, like with generals or with the head of like mafia families and stuff like that, it always pisses me off because it just think about all the people that are underneath them that are killing each other because these people want to want to do it. But yet when they get together, they're just slap each other on the back. Kind of happy well, in this situation. What are they going to do? Kill each other. I mean, they should just be angry at each other. I, I don't want them to be. Well, I, like to be fair, mafia is. Yeah. Mafia is a little different, but like in this case, they're just doing what they have to do for their countries. Like, it's not like they're super choosing it in a way. I mean, Velmentov has this whole speech about how you you're screwing over all the people that already died when she is stopping more people from dying. So because she, she's trying to be a positive force. Peter's a known piece of shit. Like, yeah, his whole thing for him. He's like, ah, I mean, I just I do what, what he wants me to do. And I try to win because that will lower our losses. But for everything else, like, for her trying to make positive change, if they could do it without death, that would be great. But she essentially consigned all of people to automatic guaranteed death. No, See, well, you're talking. You're talking about when he she wanted to pull everybody out. Like I'm talking about when she wins the. Well, see, I think for Velamentov, at least the way I took it was yeah. it wasn't because a peace was struck. He was fine with that. It was the fact that peace was struck on a lie. Yeah. That's what makes it pointless. I didn't win the chess game. Oh. I didn't win the chess match. I didn't save lives. You aren't saving lives by working a chess match. You're just lying. It still saves lives. But okay. But it, in general, more. Yeah, I, no, I get it. And I, I understand why it's in, in movies and TV shows. I'm just saying it always makes me angry. That's fair. That's fair. So, and finally, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Mariel gets pissed at Leo for trying to leave Catherine and is the one who tells him about the coup. Yep. Before Catherine can get the chance to. So Catherine did keep her promise to Orlo. She did not tell <laughs> Leo about the coup. Yep. So. Which kind of pissed me off because he was the whole episode. He's like, oh, well, you have other things going on with your life. So I hate you. Like, it's. That's dumb. That's terrible. 
Yeah, like he it's said that she's being a boy. <laughs> yeah, but like in in this moment, like his whole thing for that was like she's suddenly so busy. Everything else I've seen her doing was like she gets to spend like her mornings and her nights with him. And that's pretty much it. So them selling it to us is like suddenly she's taken away so much. I have seen none of like I've seen nothing of a change in that situation. See, and I got the impression that he wasn't necessarily upset about losing the time, but that their time together, she was eerily silent and distant. Yeah. So he felt like he was losing her her interest. Like she was no longer interested in him. She was just placating him. Yeah, but he was he was also being a he's being a butthole oh, he's about being a baby. it. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, he's, he's being a baby. baby. Like, like they, they, they gave them like the then equivalent of like, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Like, I, I just, I don't know. And she's like, are we okay? We feel distant. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go for a run. Speaking of, I am surprised this episode was not called, are you okay? The amount of times it was said in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course we did get that slight turn with Peter at the end where he makes a point to thank her because he knows he doesn't speak in his sleep. Mm-hmm. It was a good moment. Which was, was a good very interesting moment, which rolls us right into episode nine, which starts with Nick, the bodyguard. Just dying. <laughs> in fact, just drinking himself to death and falling into the fountain. Like, that one actually was, in fact, nothing to worry about. I like I when, she, when she brings it up, she's like, yeah, it's the fountain. That place is bad. Stop drinking your friends. Um... So Elizabeth is the one who instigates Peter's rampage, although I definitely don't think she anticipated what she was bringing about. I don't think anyone oh, could have seen that one. Coming. I don't think anyone could have seen that shit. That was the weirdest shit. So we discover in this episode they're plotting because all of the regional head nobles are in court to celebrate the end of the war, pay tribute, do all of those good things, and they need to get some of them. And so Mariel goes to Rostov and she swiftly accomplishes her task with the method that she's been telling Catherine to utilize <laughs> from the beginning. Yep. And it takes her all of 15 minutes. <laughs> so, and, and then bad return on investment. Right? <laughs> Uh, and then we have the, and I can't remember the name of him, the noble that Orlo's in charge of, who's just like, I want 200,000 rubles and a port. Like, oh. I, I don't give a shit about your coup, just that's what I want from my new leader. Which I thought was going to be very detrimental when it comes to the torturing. Like, the guy just wants money, you would think he's going to give it up real quick. Yeah. Well, except I think the thing is, is he knows Orlo talked to him, but Orlo didn't say who the potential of their leader was. Yeah, but you can give up Orlo. True. Maybe he didn't get a chance to. Maybe he was after the break like Orlo Maybe. was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then you have Leo and Velamentov, your two newest members to the coup, who jointly have to get one other person and they royally screw it up. Well, Leo. Leo royally screws it up. Her. Hey, he handled it, though. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. 
he did handle it swiftly. Swiftly. Yeah, it took a, it took a few blows. <laughs> like yeah, oh. but it didn't take them very it long. Rock. There was no hesitation. Um, <laughs> to which I got that. Oh, he's killed before from, and I'm glad that that line yeah. was later on. She, Are you okay? And he's like, I've done it before. <laughs> I'm rushing. Right. This episode really struck me because I thought it really set up the final episode really well in the concept of if you're going to be Russian, you kind of have to just be okay killing people. Like sometimes that's just a thing we do. Yeah. Not I even mean, killing people. You just have to react quickly. You, you don't think you do like, well, and react with violence quickly. Like yeah. that's really the, the main theme in this one, because then Mariel's finished her. So the death causes Elizabeth to go. Something is definitely wrong. Something has to be wrong. Like they're coming for you. They've just killed a noble. Um, I don't know how anybody else thought about this, but I was telling Mitch, I was like, no, Catherine needs to look at him and go, well, maybe they were just after him. Mm. Like, does he have any enemies? Who could want him dead? Maybe they're not after you. Maybe they're after the nobles. Yeah. And but such tries to pin it on Archie. Which <laughs> I mean, I don't was... get Peter to kill him. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be helpful. Forgot be to helpful. take into account that he's a creepy dude that's really into pain. Yeah. So. Forgot that he's a mess. Um, but prior to that, what leads up to that is Peter does something that shocks both Elizabeth and Catherine and the rest of the court and determines that everybody is going to be tortured until somebody confesses. <laughs> because, you know, that always works. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. And then her, her trump card to just be like, fine, I will also have myself tortured because everybody's looking at, at me like. You're allowing this to happen. Yeah. You're complicit. But it's also a good move because it's yeah. like, I'm one of you like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did any brought the court. And then the only other people not included are Grigor and George. Right. I hate them so much. I do. Although I did appreciate Catherine and George's exchange at the end of this episode. Or not the end. Just before... Rostov comes in to try and kill Peter, uh-huh. where she, Catherine looks at George and says, what if I told you there could be a country where a woman could succeed without having to have, you know... Basically have sex with the king, uh, the emperor yeah, all the time. That you could, you could use something other than your smile and your sex and still be successful. And, and George is like, sign me up. How does she not expose her right there then? I think... So somebody else, if you've got any other ideas, I think George is playing the long game and she realizes that maybe Catherine wouldn't be so bad. And if, if Catherine has opened up to her enough and she could turn on Catherine and doesn't, then Catherine has a reason to keep her around. Maybe not at the same status she's currently at. But comfortable and not having to have sex with Peter all the time. But she does like having sex with Peter. She does like having sex with Peter. Yeah. Yeah. But she does not like what it does to her husband. <laughs> so I, feel like, I feel like she's a hop, skip, and a jump from not giving a shit about Gregor. <laughs> to a certain extent, yes. But then I also feel like she does when she knocks him out and like shaves him. Because <laughs> she's like, look, you're, you are real close to getting yourself killed. And I just, I'm not willing to have that. Is that also about her keeping her station as well, though? I think so. 
I don't yeah. think so, because I think Peter would have no problem killing Grigor and being like, it's okay, George. But then keeping George on as a mistress. Maybe. Possibly, but I just see like that being such a larger commitment than he wants, because he also does like Grigor. He does. I mean, which I mean, he's I like the part where he says, like, fuck, he is handsome. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody else well so speaking of him caring about Grigor, did anybody else catch that exchange between Peter and Grigor when Grigor finally is like, I hate that you fucked my wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Peter's like Oh well, oh, okay. This whole stuff. <laughs> just maybe just twice. Peter's a year. like, maybe just twice a year. Yeah, just twice a year. Oh god, but I like Gregor is like bother him. Oh, <laughs> only the twice it'll bother him less. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the time that he can go hunting or something. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Mariel gets impatient, and. Gets Rustoff to go and kill Peter. Shows Rustoff how to go and kill Peter. Except he finds George and Catherine. Because, because Grigor and, and Peter were getting food. Getting food. And like Leo's statement, the other three other than Catherine quickly jump to stab Rostov to death and slit his throat. And yeah. there's no... So question between between Rustoff, uh Catherine and Orlo, the big mistake is none of them get close to the person that they want to kill before they decide, ha I'm going to kill you. Like, it's yep. just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, like, it's either carry a bigger weapon or a longer range weapon or get closer. And they do neither. No, no, no. I mean, no. A gun. I feel like the, Orlo- the general. The general gave Catherine the best method and she just refused to use it because it was the pride of the moment of, no, he needs to know I'm the one who's going to, like, it's just nice. And I was like, no, girl, slice his throat while you're sleeping, pretend to sleep next to it so that when you wake up screaming, people don't think you're the one who murdered him. Like, yeah. how hard is Everybody else know that you murdered him. Who cares? He's doing <laughs> Yeah. Like, why? And Orlo, because my impression was that Orlo was fine except for the fact that Muriel came in right he, as it was happening. He still he still pulls his knife like he's a good five feet away as uh Archie is walking away from him. That's the issue. It's like you gotta wait till like if he's gonna take your confession, you you're gonna be sitting right next to him. Like yeah. it that's when yeah. you pull the knife out. And Archie, we have seen him wrestle. Yeah. He's not not physically competent. We saw him take torture and not care. And <laughs> like yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's for that second part where he likes it a lot. That's why he did that. He wasn't like, mm, I'm fighting it. He was like, this is the closest I get to feeling pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little rough. Um, his, his wires are just mixed. He's, he's mixed the plain, pain with the pleasure. Yeah. So then we move into episode 10. Well, the end of episode 9, the beginning of episode 10, Catherine discovers she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Goes into a catatonic state. Goes into a catatonic state. And then... It's her birthday. It's her birthday. And she has a dream of a bear falling on her. And there's a bunch of lemons everywhere. There's a bunch of lemons everywhere. (laughs) What do the lemons symbolize? Anybody? Well, that was her birth control. (laughs) Yeah, the lemons were what she was using for birth control. That's true. That's why he says she likes lemons. Yeah. Yeah. I could not put that one together. I did not remember that. Yeah, I didn't uh, remember that either. <laughs> well, giving her a big old birth control cake. I, I guarantee you, I would remember somebody sticking a lemon up their vagina. 
Ouch. Just ouch. So she wakes up and she tells Leo, today's the day I'm going to kill my husband as a birthday present to me. Oh, and by the way, I'm also pregnant. It strikes differently. Both big bombs. Both huge bombs. And they start to put things into motion, plan their various tasks. Peter is insistent upon making Catherine love him at this point. And Leo fools Peter and gives Catherine a ring hidden in a peach. Which, when he said, when he just said, like, a peach, it's a good thing they weren't like, hey, give me that peach. Right. Because then they would have opened up the, the peach. Maybe they wouldn't have read the ring, but oh boy, is that taking a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like the all of the flaws in this one, besides the part where they try to like strike from being too far away, is that every single one of them, their plan was basically like, I don't know, I've got like point A, point B, and we're just gonna put jazz in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, impromptu plans mean that when something gets thrown at you sideways, you 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 know how to react. Mm-hmm. Just have so like how- a few bullet points. In the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how did Leo not anticipate them trying to that kill was, him? See, once again, just dumb. Like <laughs> people in this show just make the dumbest mistakes, especially on the day that the person you love says that you're gonna they're gonna kill the emperor. Probably don't go out on a hunting trip with the emperor. Yeah. So. Catherine tells Elizabeth. How did everybody feel like that was going to play out in the end? I've from like four episodes, I was super worried about Elizabeth. I was like, shit, if she finds out, I have no idea where she's going to lie. But which that was me the whole scene. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then Catherine was pregnant and I was like, oh, it's okay." (laughs) We we had that that idea even sewed by Peter's mom that he would be the downfall of Russia. Yeah. And I think that she's very much of like this like old group of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like she knows something's got to change. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I know where I fall on this. Do you think it makes the critical difference to Elizabeth that Catherine is pregnant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was the, the and- thing that was the biggest thing on her side to make it so that she followed Catherine's like yeah I know that Peter's not the best I know that he screws up all the time and that uh, but he's the heir he's the line you're not but now she is what happened to the girl (sighs) then they're all fucked (laughs) (laughs) so well that's what I was like saying too is like as soon as the baby is born isn't I mean? Won't they just take Catherine out? Like, if it is a boy and she and and Peter abdicates, or he abdicates, it is a boy. Does what's stopping him from killing Catherine, taking back over, and being you know just being the king to the son, to, to well, the future king? I think no. Catherine's thought king. process is if she gets him to abdicate, she can then have kept her promise to Elizabeth and prevent Elizabeth from interfering. And then burn down the then house later. Burn down the house later. Um, like Orlo said. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Orlo's Orlo's no no academic slouch. Like he he pays attention. Yeah, but now he's too 
bloodthirsty, so to speak. Like he killed the dude out of self defense, and now he's like, "Oh, I'll kill anybody now. Like I can do it." Except for the fact that passed out when he finally realized he wasn't gonna have to go through torture. Yeah, like he's just like, "Yeah, I'll fuck, I'll fucking kill the guy. I'm, I'm fucking crazy. Look at me. They call me Crazy Eyes Orlo. It's basically <laughs> what he's going around doing. Like, why was he like this?" And I loved Bill Mintoff. was like, yeah, I hadn't heard about it in the last two days. <laughs> the next person who hadn't heard the story already was just like, he started telling them immediately about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think episode 10 would have gone as well for Catherine had Peter not just tortured everybody in court? Oh, no. that Because the whole episode was about her getting... Uh, certain people of the court, the nobles, to be on her side. Yeah. She loses two of them, so the best thing is to get everybody to be yeah. on her side. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what happens. The court. So well, and we see Leo excel post torture. This is true. I mean, he's very much the 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 first husband. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's snacks over here, and oh, let's go ahead and take care of your wounds, like kind of thing. Yeah, here's, here's how we're gonna fix this. <laughs> yeah. Here's the remedy. Yes, no, he makes he makes an excellent first husband. Um, mm-hmm. he's the thing about like salt on on the skin, and I well, wasn't. They had put salt in open, open wounds. Gotcha. Wash it out and put vodka on it. Because at first it's not like oh. the way that I heard it in that moment was like I thought he was telling them like go ahead you're gonna you're gonna want to salt these these cuts and I was like no no you don't <laughs> no they were shoving salt into his cuts when he was being tortured yeah. yeah and then that's what his his thing at dinner was like oh I didn't know that salt in bloody wounds hurts more <laughs> yeah so I know that now yeah <laughs> did anybody else also appreciate that uh, Chekhov the doctor. When Catherine was like trying to decide where to start, he's like fingernails grow back. Start with that yeah. one. <laughs> I do, I do like him. He is, he's also a master <laughs> or a sadist. Yeah, but like he's 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 much more like hey, science is science. Yeah, science is science. Uh, here, uh, half. Oh, let's drive you to the part that we can fix later. Yeah. <laughs> that does remind me, though. Speaking of science is science, medical doctor dude, check off. Um, we had Leo running out the yellow bile, which is cholera, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just just run that shit out because when cholera. you get cholera, you either get rid of it or you die of it. That's one or the other back then. Yep. It's not so great. Then not we great. get the last 10 minutes of the first season. And our checkers chess match between Peter and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Did anybody yell? Did anybody see Mariel's lying or betrayal coming? Yeah, she, yeah. she's gotten pretty like she, she's gotten pretty free mm-hmm. with who she's showing the wall behind the curtain. Yeah. Does anybody buy her explanation that she gives to Catherine as to why she did it? No. Do you think that Peter's actually going to give her her ladyship back? It's a distinct possibility. I think I he don't. needs to. I think he needs to have people rewarded for things, uh, and he has grown. He needs to like cultivate loyalty. But honestly, the thing that I didn't that believe was the part when she told her brother that that was her reason. 
I didn't believe that. Whose brother? Oh, she was her, Archie. Her cousin, Archie. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, a cousin? Sorry, I thought it was a brother. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, when she told Archie that she just want, she was talking to him about the stuff or um, whatever, she wanted her ladyship back. That That's why she had sent um, the big dude, Rostov. Uh, Rostov, to go do this stuff. I didn't believe that for a second. I don't think she gives that much of a shit about it. I mean, I, I feel like she does. I feel like I gave her too much patience. I feel like I gave her too much credit. Because I literally thought she sent the guy afterwards thinking either he A, succeeds, and yay, or B, he dies, and yay. Because then he's for the coup. I literally thought that. But then she had that reaction. I was like, oh, she legitly thought he was just going to go in and murder Peter? I was like, yeah, I don't know. And, and then, yeah, I, I was a little thrown as well from, from that scene. And I think once that happened, that's where it hit. Okay, yeah, Muriel is not the best to have in the coup. No, like, she's not. Yeah, she's too desperate. She, yeah, clearly Orlo and Villamentova are your not are your stronger yeah. links. But yeah, um, I mean she's she's desperate for good reasons. Like I don't yeah. like I wouldn't want to be in her position. And I understand wanting to be out of it, and no matter what. But um, so Peter's gift to Catherine for her birthday is Voltaire. Good freaking <laughs> gift. Good it is God. Excellent gift. Like I will give him credit. Like excellent gift. Ugh. But that puts the brakes on Catherine because she determines that she can't kill him in front of Voltaire. I, I feel like not to be as optimistic as she anticipated. He's I a writer. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, like knowing anything about Voltaire, I think he would have been like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah, he'd have been like. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna this in my analysis. Yeah, um, like I don't think he would have been against it. I, I think it's it's more like I mean, like I don't want to kill somebody in front of Mark Hamill. Like Mark Hamill's not gonna have strong feelings about it. You're just like, but it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> Did anybody else? So the part that struck me was when Voltaire basically mirrors what Villamentov told her in episode eight about her being too young and too optimistic mm-hmm. to handle this. Yeah. Like you're just too much of a sweet child, which I found very interesting because I don't think I would ever see Velimentov, the Russian general, and Voltaire, the French Enlightenment writer, making that same kind of assessment in a leader. Machiavelli, sure, but Voltaire, <laughs> not so much. I'm sure I, Jessica will tell you that it's you know it's two men talking about a a woman, so <laughs> of course it's definitely fair. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's two men that have been through the world and have seen the world talking to a young naive person because she is, and that's why what she has to do in the end is what she has to do in the end. She has to cut off her innocence and her optimism. Which is the yes. choice that she makes in the end. Has to sacrifice Leo for. She has to sacrifice no. her beautiful, perfect ending. I'm so glad that guy's in the day. But so the the chess checkers game because there's a lot of moving parts, not just within Peter and Catherine, but then Archie's playing his own game. 
So we we definitely see where season two comes in. We we were all talking about that earlier in the season, mm-hmm. being like, "What are they actually going to do in the season two? Like, how are we going to stretch this out?" But mm-hmm. now we see it's Elizabeth. I have questions about how they're stretching it out so much because they're it, like on the the beginning of the series. I actually like watched the credits for the first time, which I've never done uh, in any substantial way. But it says mm-hmm. it's based off of a play, yeah, by the person, a screenplay. How, well, well, it's it's well said. It it just said play based off the play by this person adapted by him himself, oh, okay. uh, and then I was like, "How long is that goddamn play?" Uh-huh. <laughs> We're just at the intermission, um, apparently. <laughs> so, Catherine, as much as she doesn't believe Mariel, basically takes Mariel's advice and said and lays it all on the line, like. You can't kill me, Peter. I'm carrying your son. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm carrying your child. You can't kill me. And so then she tries to convince him to abdicate. And he almost goes for it. I like their, their exchange because he says, like, you're playing, um, like, you're playing a game with me. And uh, she says, I love that you, that you notice that or that you see that. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the exchange, she says, you played the game on me. And he says, like, I love that you notice that or see yeah. that. Is a good turnaround. It is a very good turnaround. So at first she can't bring herself to kill Leo, which is the trump card in Peter's hand. Mm-hmm. He has Leo who has to be bleeding out. I mean, like he's got two gunshot wounds and it's been a couple hours. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing it was like, like bird shot. Like it was, it was small bullets, so it oh. might not have penetrated too far. It was enough to hurt him, make him lose blood, but not kill him. So they weren't even using sufficient caliber, and they couldn't. Aim? Had, had they shot him in the head or heart, he would have been dead. Yeah, worked. yeah. Uh, in any case, so Peter then says, "Okay, well, if you try and continue on." I kill Leo. And Velamentov tells her if he, she doesn't do it now, she's gonna she's gonna lose any chance. So Which I, I did like that exchange, just in general, like pointing that out like to her. Like this is this is it. If you don't do it now, you've burned every single bridge that you've built. Everyone's out on a limb right now. And it won't happen again. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, if you go, you have to go. You can't. Can't wait. You can't. You can't back off at the last second or whatever. Like it, it, you've exposed yourself, especially. So, do you mm-hmm. think it was Velamentov or Voltaire that finally did it for her? Well, or was just Voltaire? Because Vol- was Voltaire just telling her what she already knew? Yeah, I mean, he yeah. came in there and like one, there is a possible coup going on in the castle, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not phased by it at all. <laughs> He's French. Voltaire, <laughs> yeah, Voltaire's like, this is great. I don't know enough about Voltaire. The rest of you do, but I also would. I don't know. I just feel like he's not phased at all. And yeah. then he's comes in and he knows just about everything that needs to be known at that point. So, is it a possibility that he's actually just in her head, giving her stuff that? She already knows she's working things out. Probably he's the not. janitor from season one of Scrubs. <laughs> yes, because, <laughs> because they don't give you any indication of that happening. But plus, Peter interacts with him. 
Yeah, yeah I'm talking, the the one at dinner. Yes, oh. I'm talking about just the one that comes at the, up at the stairs. Got it. Okay, I I did have big questions about how she was even on those stairs after that scene. Right, <laughs> a whole bunch of crazy stuff happened where she tried to kill him. He knows that she's got other people that are out there trying to like like Ooh. basically seal the deal on the coup that they were halfway through, and then she just gets to go like walk around like she's like going to her locker in high school. Like I don't. Well, well it, it, is just walking around. He's just sitting in the in the hallway, like with the guards held hostage. There it seemed like it, that, it, that hallway they had taken. They had taken that hallway. That's their fucking hallway. I I think yeah. the thing is, is that you're you're at a standstill. You're basically at a battle, and there's been there's been a you know a parlay, and so people have stopped trying to decide what the next move is from the top. And Peter figures he's got the trump card. He's yeah. got Leo, and he knows she loves him. I think the other problem is, is that we don't really have a good understanding of what the grounds look like, what the castle itself yeah. looks like. We, we've seen like the same four rooms over and over, and then the courtyard. Yeah. So. So, John, what about all that? Did you, what do you think? <laughs> um, you know, I had a moment in the last episode where I was really like, wow like this is some some big turnaround when muriel finally shows peter like the the board or the wall and it looks like he's legitimately hurt by that like he's crying real tears i was like oh that's really sad like he you know he ended up having real feelings for her he loved her and yeah I mean, that's what I was, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier was the whole like the the turn for Peter and having to I, you know that the show creators and showrunner wants you to f- have these emotions for Peter at this moment because it's such a big betrayal but he's such a dick throughout the whole <laughs> show. I definitely kind of feel like Catherine expressed herself feeling like sometimes you're fantastic and then you're an awful person and then you're okay. And sometimes you're smart, but most of the time you're dumb and (laughs) that's just the way it is. You're just bad at this. (laughs) I feel like the one thing I didn't like was we had seen him grow so very much over the whole period uh, like of, of the last few episodes. And then the letter that he was supposed to have written as Leo was just like, <laughs> well, it was paying lip service to the idea of possibly have, there having been a letter. It was just, yeah, no, and I, I suck at doing this, and I'm a big, big weenie face. Yeah, it's like anyway, the letter, I'm leaving. It's the letter in a sitcom that a kid gives to his teacher saying that it's from the mom. Yeah. Although I took that because that was Peter regressing to his adolescent ways because he was growing feelings for Catherine and he saw that Catherine loved Leo and not him. And so he was just butthurt. I got, yeah, he, so he, could every- be, he could be booty tickled. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, I don't think he anticipated her being smart, which is his own fault. Anticipated <laughs> her being smart enough to realize that doesn't sound like Leo. You must've done something to him. <laughs> you know, I did appreciate the range that Catherine goes through in this episode though. I mean, she goes from, like, determined to unsure to, like, in the heat of the moment. Then when she completely loses control, just complete anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Catherine, when she lost her shit, is probably the best Catherine I've seen this whole season. Like, yeah. Just fury in mm-hmm. her eyes. that The unkempt hair, which is just, but, like, so perfectly messy. 
But despite all her rage, she's still just a cat in a cage. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, sure. <laughs> oh, goodness. So last thoughts of the so, whole show? Well, last thoughts of the whole show, a couple of questions. Is Orlo alive? No. Does Elizabeth take Archie up on the offer to um, go after the throne for herself? Maybe. Who takes initial control of the palace? <laughs> George and Grigor fall. Because we don't see so much after the chess match begins. I think they still bounce back and forth. Hmm? Say again, John? And what happened with Elizabeth? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what Elizabeth said. <laughs> Not Elizabeth. <laughs> you have too many Elizabeths. I mean, I can tell you what I would do, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think we still see uh, Grigor and uh, George like just sit on the fence. They're fence sitters. Fence sitters. Okay. Because, I mean, like, Arcady and his wife jumped in on Catherine's side. Yeah. yeah they, they have a little more. They actually went through the torture. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Oh, yeah, so did anybody mind the scenes of the, the nails being ripped out? Because I'm not squeamish, but I was like, huh? I've I seen too many things on the internet, man. <laughs> I mean, everything was, I mean, the the fingernails were implied. Like, you don't actually see it ripped out. No, you see it. Come no, on. you saw one ripped out. Yeah. yeah. So Archie's Mitch, Mitch, this, this is where we find out that Mitch, Mitch blanks out memories when that are too traumatic. <laughs> I think He's so. like, yeah, we never saw torture for this episode. What are you talking about? Honestly, part of it for me was not necessarily who they showed with the torture, but when you were watching the torture and then thinking about the fact that he included children on that list. Yeah. 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 That was a, had the the list of the schedules, like some kind of like high school auditions or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, no, I'm after four fifteen. I like I liked um uh what's the general's name? Is it Velimentov? Yeah. Yeah. His whole thing, he's like, Oh, they couldn't find the ball clamps. Huh? No, they found them. They're making them small. Must be for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Arlo's attempted bolster it you know i'm gonna be brave i'm gonna be yeah. you know, anybody comes near my balls i will make sure that they have torture for the last thing of their lives and blah 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 and he's like it's sure like, yeah tell hell yeah yeah that's relatable though i think now I've, I've never given power. Power. i mean I, you still don't want your balls like tortured Oh no! Yeah, I guess that's true. I, 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 I've been, I've been hitting the testes, man. I don't. It doesn't seem like it's that. It's going to be that crazy. I feel like it's pretty much like one and done. If you're going to put too much pain through these things, then I'm not going to feel anything anymore. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't agree with that statement. <laughs> well, I, have, I have a website to suggest later that might change your mind on that. You know, I've seen something on the internet for this one. I don't know. We're going to stop there. <laughs> on this if you guys want to go to this website that John is suggesting, please look in the link dump for this podcast. Nope. This would not be in show notes. Do not do that. Um, does anybody think Orlo survives? Yes, but brain damaged. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe some swelling. Maybe not as articulate. I should say. I'm trying to think of where he got hit in the head. Like right in the temple. 
Who thinks, and his neck is kind of cranked. <laughs> who thinks Elizabeth is going to jump into the fray? I think she she like actually in the background. I think she's leading stuff from the background still. But yeah. I don't with what she said to Catherine though is that she's sworn to protect this line. I don't mm-hmm. think she Well, except Archie's I, about to tell her you could be I mean he told her in episode nine. But. Yeah, but there would no be there'd be no line unless she's gonna I, take over until the baby is born. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. I feel like she might take over when the baby's born. So it might be a slow process. Okay. Or at least ensure that that baby is what's going to end up being on the throne once he becomes of age. Who takes the immediate control of the palace? Because, like, obviously it's going to be fought over all throughout season two, but who takes immediate control? I think it's it's a failure. You think they're just going to carve up the palace into three different sections? No, I think it's a failure in the beginning. In the first two episodes, they're getting back to a place where they're actually doing a coup. I don't think it's a failure because I don't think there's any way it can be a failure and still have a story. I don't know. I've seen those kids in high school musical persevere (laughs) against so much, so many times. Did you get to regionals? (laughs) On that note, (laughs) everybody will have to check in. When we pick this back up, whenever, <laughs> whenever the second season, yeah, occurs. whenever they're able to film again and make a new season. All right, all right, there you go. That is the first season of The Great on Hulu. Uh, if you want to talk to me about it, <laughs> I'm here. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Stephen, where can people find you online? You can find me across all social media and Twitch as either Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman. And Jessica, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. John? And uh, you can ask me for that link on Twitter. I am <laughs> Just don't at me if you're a blue check, because I hear that you guys are in trouble right now. Yeah, they're dangerous. <laughs> they're dangerous. But if you want to give them Bitcoin, though, they will return it in <laughs> tenfold. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Elizabeth, where can people find you online? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media, our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Uh, also, check out our website, geekleetmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. 